Congratulations. Well, thank you. You did it. Yeah, we sure did. Our, our, our guys did it. I mean, these are the greatest bunch of guys. Boy, when I saw that ball go over the fence, <laughs> that Yordan hit, uh, I said, oh, we got action. What was it about this group that put you over the top? Well, I mean, they, they believe in each other. That's number one. And uh, they believe in each other. They never quit. They never get down. Uh, they lose a tough one and come right back like it's nothing. Yes. And so this, this is a heck of a group. Before I let you go in these really monumentous times, who are you thinking about right now? Oh, actually, I'm thinking about my mom who passed in January and my brother a couple years ago and my dad and all the greats that preceded me, Hank Aaron and, and, and Jackie Robinson that all made it possible for me to, to be here. And I'm just thinking about all, all my friends that that, that you know, molded me and helped me, you know, that are passed, and uh, those that are still living. So, uh, you know, I've had some good teachers, some, some beautiful people along the way. They're looking down at you, awfully proud. Congratulations. Yes, they are. Thank you. All right, that was Dusty Baker in conversation with our very own Hazel May. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. Congratulations to Dusty Baker. And you know what? The best thing about the Astros World Series win is, Kevin, What's that, Jeff? Something I have been waiting to say all postseason. Buck Showalter, <laughs> 1,652 regular season wins. Now the most wins by an active manager without a World Series title. I've been waiting all postseason to say that. Dusty Baker, 2,093. It doesn't matter anymore. Dusty Baker's got his ring. Yeah, he had the best team in baseball. Yeah, all around, everywhere, uh, athleticism, uh, when it mattered the most. You know, the home run allowed him to not be Dusty Baker in the playoffs. <laughs> that's basically what it did. Is it, ga- it, yes, gave him, it gave him the lead. Now you go to no-brainers. Now I don't have to worry about and think about, you know, what am I going to do here? No, no, no. I got the lead now. Now you go out and just give it to the guys that you've been giving it to the whole entire time who's been shutting it down for you. And they got a big hit when they needed it. They are the best team, not only in the American League, but in baseball. It was only a matter of time before they shut the door on the Phillies. And, you know, taking two out of the th- out of three in Philadelphia was huge for the Astros. You know, the crowd, ah, what, who, when. And they went, went there and did their, did their thing. I told and you guys this. Came home, shut the door. I, I, I told you guys this. There is no sport where the crowd matters less than baseball. There just isn't. And I know that. It gets people upset when you say that because people think that you're talking down to fans. I'm not. I'm just saying, other than interfering with pitch comp, doesn't make you throw the ball harder, doesn't make you swing the bat harder. Anyhow, there's no impact baseball in terms of crowd noise. So here's what we're going to do today. Our text line is open. It's 59590. <clears throat> DMs are always open for Barker's back leg bits. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Simple question today. Tomorrow we're going to deal with the Blue Jays in the offseason. Simple question today, though. Has this World Series win changed the way you view the Houston Astros? Thinking back to that cheating scandal in 2017, has this changed the way you view? the Houston Astros, and is the happiness at seeing Dusty Baker get a World Series. And I would presume, I hope y'all, all of you out there are happy that Dusty won the World Series. Is that enough 
to remove some of the stain from the cheating scandal. A lot of talking points out of this game, Kevin. Want to go to the first one because we're on the same page here, but want to go to the first one. The decision by Rob Thompson to take Zach Wheeler out of the game, 70 pitches, 97 in his last inning, so the whole worry about his velocity that we saw in previous starts, not that much of an issue. Takes out Zach Wheeler to get Jose Alvarado, the 100-mile-an-hour throwing lefty, against Jordan Alvarez. Before we talk about that, Zach Wheeler was asked after the game whether or not he was surprised by the decision. There's a caveat here, but this is what Zach Wheeler said after the game. I was going to go home right there. and uh, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's ultimately, you know, Tom's call and that's the call he made. Did you think he was going to come out there? No, honestly, he caught me off guard a little bit. Tough call. Yeah. I don't know. Felt good. Uh, body, arm, everything, command. Was there tonight, so felt good. I mean, I'll just go out there and I'll just try to pitch as long as I can, the best I can, and that's, you know, that's what I try to do. You know, turn around and, you know, nobody was really there, so that was kind of a dagger. Um, but, I mean, it's not like of effort or anything like that, so. You know, this defense behind me all year, everybody sort of talk crap about it, but been pretty solid all year. Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, obviously I wanted to be out there and make the pitches, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's baseball. That type of stuff is going to happen. Um, just probably not the game for it to happen. All right, Kevin, we're, I know we're on the same page here. We'll talk about this. First of all, I was not at all surprised. It, it, having watched this World Series, I'm looking ahead to Jose to to Jordan Alvarez the inning before. I'm thinking, okay, this is this is what Rob Tom, Rob Thompson has done this all postseason. I'm looking at that matchup. I'm thinking when it gets around there, we're going to see Jose Alvarado. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, well, okay. Well, whenever you ask Zach Wheeler about the, the manager coming out and getting the ball from you, what, what do you think he's going to say? I wanted to hand the ball to him. I couldn't wait to get off the mound. It's the World Series. That's it's the game caveat. six. Yeah, that's like, right. come on. Like, what, what's he going to say? So that that that's the first thing. The second thing, if you're Alvarado, he, he threw a really good sinker to Jordan the very first pitch that he fouled off. And then he had two non-competitive pitches, which gave him a competitive advantage to look right down the middle and down. That's all you got to do. If you're a left-handed hitter with an uppercut swing facing a dude that throws a bazillion miles an hour and you just had a righty basically lambasting you on elevated fastballs with some velocity to it, all you're doing to give yourself a chance to drive a baseball with a couple of dudes on is look down the middle and down because you have a little natural uppercut in your swing. You've been leaking with the lower half. Your hand's been following. You have been having a little trouble catching up the velocity that's a little elevated. So that competitive advantage after the two non-competitive pitches gave you an advantage, allowed you to be able to do that. And for me, Rob Thompson did exactly what he was supposed to do. Well, okay, if if he comes in and Zach Wheeler gives up a three-run homer off of that, everybody's yelling and screaming, well, what did you have to do down there? It's left hand. Those 100 bazillion miles an hour. Why didn't you bring him in? So, you know, this World Series thing, it, you can't win for losing, basically. And it just so happens that a dude that's left-handed throws really hard, threw non, two, two non-competitive pitches, and threw a ball down the middle to a really, really good hitter who put a really, really good swing on when it mattered the most and beat you. That's what it came down to. See, this is the thing, Kevin. This is why I agree with you completely, 150% of this. One of the things you want to see from a manager is consistency. 
At least one of the things I want to see from a manager is consistency, consistency of approach. And I think the fact that people who were watching this World Series, you can't honestly say you were surprised at that. That indicates to me that it's not like Rob Thompson went out went outside the box here, Kevin. It's not like he did something that we haven't we haven't seen him do before, right? And yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Don't throw the ball down down the middle of the plate. This is what I, this is what I was uh, this is what I was thinking. If that was John Snyder and the Blue Jays, who in the heck's he going to? Like at least Rob Thompson's got a dude down there that throws a bazillion miles an hour who's left-handed who's been doing re- a really good job. I mean, if he throws yep. strikes and just doesn't throw the ball down the middle, he's got a really really good chance of getting most dudes out. I don't care if they're right-handed or left-handed. Like just don't throw it down the middle. And I wondered. I was thinking along with that. I was thinking, who would John Snyder have up? <laughs> like what's he doing? Well, who's he going to? Tim Mesa? I mean, let's let's throw the ninety-one up there with a little bit of movement and doesn't want to throw his slider. So that's at least Rob Thompson has got enough weapons and feels confident enough to go to a lefty. It just so happens didn't work out. I will go back to the to the to the Phillies. What what was it? They had thirty-one hits. The Astros had forty-eight hits. That's seventeen fewer the Phillies had than the Astros. The Phillies had se- position. Se- the Phillies had seventy-one punchouts. The Astros had fifty-seven. That's fourteen more punchouts. That means you don't put the ball in play. The Phillies hit one sixty-three in the in the World Series. The Astros hit two forty. Do you should you look any further? I mean, when it matters the most, the Astros had better at bats than the Phillies had. It's quite fr- it's real simple. I will say the yep. Phillies had more homers, eight to five, than the Astros did. But when push comes to shove, and you needed the big out in the big moment with runners on base, and you, yeah, everybody, a lot of people like to poo-poo the runners in scoring position thing until you ain't getting them. And then that's the first thing you bring up. So it's when it mattered the most, the Astros made the pitch when they needed to make it. They got the big hit when they needed to make it. And they won the World Series, and that's what it all comes down to. All right, let's talk about sort of the lead-up to that as well. Jeremy Pena gets the single through the middle. Any, any, any concerns, any dissatisfaction with him being World Series MVP? I thought Framber Valdez might have had a case. But, Abs- uh, a- absolutely not. But I, mean, I, have no, I, have no, I have no real issue with it. Everything that happened that mattered for the Astros started with Jeremy Pena. End of story. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Valdez would have went out and dominated for eight innings because he won game two the way he did and he clinches it in game six, yeah, it's a no-brainer. But he didn't. So, you know, he had to work through it. It was a grind for him. And when it was a grind and then Jeremy Pena comes up and gets the big hit before they go back leg city, you know, he was wanting his ticket too around the bases to go to back leg city. So, yeah, I had no – no all the defensive plays he made, uh, he, he did it with charisma. Uh, he was – exactly what the doctor ordered. And again, I give Dusty credit. Everybody was yelling and screaming, including me. Why don't you move the big boy who's left-handed up in the 2-0? That makes more sense. No, no, no. I know my team better than you know it. And he didn't move him around. He didn't move him because that's who got him there. The at-bats that he had in big situations. You know, he's got quick hands, which allows him to make up for some woes that he has with his lower half. And he can hit velocity. And he can lay off that breaking ball. And he knows where he's hitting in the order. And that might be the biggest part of it. You know, you know in big situations, who's going to pitch to you? Even if the big boy on the on-deck circle struggling, he can still do that three-run homer thing. So, you're, you know, you're going to attack the guy that's in front of him and – yeah, for me it was a slam dunk. It was uh, it was down to two guys. The one guy had a hiccup, the other guy didn't. That's why the, that, that's why Jeremy Pena won it. Yeah, I I don't have any I don't have any 
you know, any real argument with that. And that is it, it's it's intriguing because, of course, one of the criticisms about Dusty all the time has been that he hasn't always handled young players all that well. But yet here he was with or showing an inordinate amount of faith in Jeremy Painting to play it off. Martin Maldonado's at bat. Uh, lots of talk about genius hit by pitch. <clears throat> oh, it's genius. A couple of things. Uh, for, uh, first thing I'm thinking of is if only I knew, if only I could find somebody who has spent all season talking about the idea of moving up in the, in the box or moving closer to home plate, I'm thinking to myself, who kept telling, who kept saying that all year long? And I couldn't remember the guy. I couldn't remember the guy. Well, you've been talking about that all season long with a lot of guys. Yeah. Now, I think you were talking about it because, and, and Martin Maldonado, you know, I, whether or not this was an excuse, said the reason he moved up in the plate after the game. Because he, he stinks at hitting. It, bingo. Well, he didn't say that, but he said because of the way the sinker moves, I just thought it gave me a better chance, yada, yada. Uh, now, first of all, I watched that replay a thousand times, and I don't understand. This was not a Ledmus Diaz leaning into a pitch. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, I don't think he did anything wrong, Kevin. He stood his ground. He had his body position. I mean, it's not like he, he stuck his elbow out. I was frankly surprised anybody complained about it. To me, it yeah. was as clear as day. I, I think you answered it, though. I think the Phillies and Rob Thompson saw exactly what we saw, is he moved in the batter's box, and they're going, well, what? But that's he must, okay. He, he did it the whole at bat. I understand that, but I'm thinking that's probably why they're throwing their hands in the air and going, wait a minute, he must have been moving around trying to get hit because that's why he moved closer to the plate, so that's why. I mean, why not try Right, right. It's 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 out of the norm. I mean, he does it a few times. I think he's done it in the regular season too. The few games that I watch, he's not a very good hitter. He's a great defender. He knows exactly what what to do in big situations to get pitchers through certain parts of games. And he's just trying to do his best to get on base for the top of the order for them to run into one and change the game that way. So Dusty has some no brainers and he can go to whoever he wants to go to. I think it's genius. And when I was watching, I was like, Hank, yeah, why didn't you do that earlier? I mean, this dude's dominating you. you got no chance of hitting this guy, especially when it matters the most. Ball moving all over the place. Velocity can locate. You're just not a very good hitter. And for a guy to know that and know where he's at and know who he is as a baseball player and has enough awareness to go, hey, this ain't working. Let's shrink the strike zone for the dude to throw to and maybe he'll miss and hit me and I'll get on base because chances of me getting hit is not very good. So I got a better chance of getting hit. I mean, it's genius. It happened. It worked out. And it's just part of who the Astros are, I think. They they got a bunch of smart dudes on their team, sprinkled in with a, with a lot of athleticism, and they got a tremendous amount of arms who can dominate everybody. And that's how they won the World Series. You know, I love your phrase. You talk about court awareness. Houston yeah. Astros have court awareness coming out of the yin-yang. I mean, they really do. That 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 is one of the things that I think is really, really stands out to me about that but i thought of you move up in the box move up in the box like i just changed change something up well he gave the he gave the right answer saying he had no chance against the sinker that makes a ton of sense right like you you want well yeah you want to get closer before it starts sinking but is that really why you did it like it's not is that really why you did it you know it's like when you ask zach wheeler did you really want to come out of the game absolutely not i was ready to pitch to that dude it's the biggest part of the game i didn't want to give up a homer and be that guy so yeah, it's just, it's again, it's pretty cool to listen to. I know how everybody feels about the Astros. And to start the show, you asked the question, just changed my mind about the, the organization. They've earned the right to be cheaters. 
Now, now it's just you start you start asking the question: Are they a dynasty? Is their organization is this put them in that court category just by winning another World Series after 2017? Because of the four World Series and the six ALCSs, does this turn their organization into a dynasty? You'd have to say yes to that. Uh, I don't know. I need to think about that a bit. Um, I'm comparing them to the closest thing I've seen to a dynasty, which was the Yankees. Derek Jeter and the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see another Derek Jeter in the Yankees. I don't think we're going to see that. It'd be hard. I, I don't think think we're going to see that happen again. I think this is. I think you can. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about it. My, I would lean towards yes, but my guess is most people wouldn't. And here's the thing: if most people don't think you're a dynasty, are you really a dynasty? Yeah, it's just probably because the, you understand the people what are I'm say- saying. Yeah, the, but the people that are saying that hate the organization because of who they are and what they've done. That's, that's, so it's, it's, right. it's about how good they are. I, w- I will be intrigued though. You, you said we probably won't see this again. What, what will eliminate the shift? Do it make it easier or harder for the Astros to do this again? That's the question. I, that, I, I you know, I looking at that. The, the thing about the Astros, and and you touched on this. You go around that team. And other than Jordan Alvarez when he's in the left field and Yuli Gurriel when he's at first, it's a pretty good athletic team. Like Altuve's not all that slower. Bregman's a fine. Bregman's going to be a fine third baseman with or without the shift. I think you know Pena has proven what he is. They'll find somebody in center field, and in the meantime, Chaz McCormick can go get it. And I think Kyle Tucker's a real good, a really good right fielder. I I, I don't I don't see <clears throat> them. If the season starts, if the season were to start again this year, like if the season were to start right away, they'd be my World Series favorite. I don't see them falling off the cliff. Kevin, they didn't, they, how many, they hardly used who, Jose Urquidy. Yeah. Jose Urquidy is a regular season starter. Like what I find intriguing, because I know when people, people watch the World Series and when it's done, there's this idea that we kind of we try to turn it into a big picture thing, and we say, "Okay, what are the lessons you can take from that?" Well, it's a couple of lessons you can take. First of all, look at how the Astros built their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this with Passon, right? How did they build their pitching staff? They signed a bunch of older guys out of the Dominican, out of Latin America. They didn't, you know, they they signed guys who were 19 and 20. They did a hell of a job of scouting their pitchers. Mm-hmm. They developed their pitchers. Um, but it still gets back to you've got the core. Right? You've got that, that, that core of elite players. And that's why I think the lesson for the Blue Jays is, one, get your core signed up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Keep, and, and, you know, yeah, look at – could you get a better third baseman than Alec Bregman? Sure. Could you get a better second baseman than Ho- Jose Altuve? Maybe. Could you get a better center fielder than Chas McCormick? Definitely. Could you get a better right fielder than Kyle Tucker? I don't know. The point is, stop looking at the blemishes on your key players. If they're good, sign them, build around them. And to me, the other takeaway here is I think 
I know this this is especially applicable for the Blue Jays because we talk about they got to win the offseason, they got to get swing and miss stuff, they got to get swing and miss stuff. If you can't acquire swing and miss stuff for the bullpen, then bolster your starting pitching so that if you do make the playoffs, now you got a, I don't know, a Christian Javier or a Jose Urquidy or somebody that you can take out of your rotation and put in the bullpen. I but other than that, I don't know. I mean, other than doing the stuff the Astros do in terms of using technology and all that, I, I, I just don't know what lessons there are. The biggest lesson to me is, though, stop, stop trying to pick apart your core. Like, yeah, the grass is greener. Could you get a better shorts, defensive shortstop than Bo Bichette? Hell yeah. <clears throat> of course you could. There's probably seven or eight or nine or ten of them. But does that mean that you got to get rid of Bo Bichette? Does that mean you overlook what he gives you on balance? No, that that that's my biggest lesson. You got these studs, lock them up. Yeah, it's not mine. Build that's, around. That, that's not my. That for me, that's not why the Astros won the World Series. They, they won the World Series because they didn't have no offense to these people, the Trent Thorntons, the Jeremy Beasleys, the Casey Lawrences, the Sean Andersons, the Thomas Hatches. They throw Tim Mays in there. None of those names would be in the Astros organization nope. so that that's the difference for me is when you think you have enough pitching quality pitching go out and get more quality pitching and that's what the Astros have done that's why they win that's why I threw the stat out there that the Phillies punched out 71 times to but 57 Kevin, to the Astros that's the difference the is the less you but, put the ball and play the better chance you got to keep it in the yard here's to the win thing. in baseball games so you can't go out and do that if you're adding a new center fielder every year or if you're adding a new right fielder every year or if you're not happy with, you think he can do better with the shortstop position. Or you think he can do better at third base. You can do all that stuff if you push, if you take care of the stuff you can take care of right now. You can do all that. You know who the, you know who the, the Jays should be following? Screw the Houston Astros. You know who the Jays should be following? They should be doing what the Baltimore Orioles did last offseason. That's what they should be doing. Get lucky. Get some get some dudes that throw hard. Get some dudes that throw hard. That That's help. what they should be doing. But I keep getting back to this. You can do all that stuff if you've got your core. If at the end of the day, I know that this guy's going to be my leadoff hitter, this guy's going to be here, this guy's going to be here, the Jays have got the top three in their lineup figured out. Hmm. Let's. you got to add some balance in there. I agree. If you're going to add balance in there, look at moving a guy like like Teoscar Hernandez. But let's forget this nonsense about, well, maybe we can package <clears throat> Bo Bichette in the deal and get this. Hang on to what you have, build around him, focus on what you don't have. And, yeah, you got to get lucky because, again, I'll look at this bullpen, Kevin. Who in this bullpen would have made either of those teams? Jordan Romano? Maybe Romano. Mm-hmm. Would he have closed for him? Guy? Absolutely yep, not. He sure as hell wouldn't have closed for him. No chance. Mm-mm. And ask yourself this. Who would you rather have in the seventh inning? Jordan Romano or a guy like Jose Alvarado? I, I, I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot to do this offseason. If you want to contend next year, if you're the Blue Jays, you got to focus on pitching. Never mind dicking around with trying to... You know, with your your shortstop or or Vladdy or what? Get those guys signed. Leave them alone. I don't want to hear about them. You've got Springer in center field slash DH. That's fine. 
You got catching, that's fine. Maybe you move one of the catchers, but man, you got to go out. You've got to go out and get some stud arms. And as I said, one of the reasons the Astros do that is that they, they have this core. They don't have to worry about their third baseman. I think that's a lesson. I, I, I really think that's a lesson. Yeah, okay. We shall see. We shall see. Again, again, it's just funny who, who got the big hit, who was left-handed. Like, again, you put the Blue Jays in, in the World Series, and you're thinking to yourself, how do the Phillies throw to the Blue Jays? Would it make it easier for Rob Thompson to go to any righty who can throw a fastball away and a slider away? Would it make it easier? I'm not saying the Blue Jays couldn't have some quality at bats because they'd be in the World Series trying to do it. So they must be doing something right. I'm just saying, would it make it easier? That's what I said. Rob Thompson went to the guy he was supposed to go to, but this time of the year, because that lefty is so good, you got to make a good pitch. When you don't make a good pitch, you get hammered for it, and that's – that's what happened, and this, the Blue Jays have that. So, this just just told me the, you can't go wrong with having more arms. And right now, if if you're John Snyder, there's not any no-brainers down there. Like you're you're matching up. You're trying to figure out little windows, like you've said half the year when John got here. So trying to figure out when to put the Tim Mazes and the Jordan Romano, maybe not, but the other guys, they're trying to figure out what the best window for those guys to come in. Swing to have There it is. When some, when occasionally he's just got to go. That dude's got some stuff, man. I don't care about his swing path and how hard he's wings and if he can go the other way i don't care this dude's got to eliminate stuff to any bat pass so they just don't have that right now and these are no-brainers you're watching this and game for all seconds it's real easy go out and try and find it if i don't find it I'm, i haven't done my best to give my my organization a chance to win a world series and kevin here's the other thing that i wonder about doing away with the shift doesn't that put an even greater emphasis on quality of stuff, strikeouts, ability to strike guys out. Like you can't just, yeah. One of the, I mean, let's be clear. One of the things, one of the reasons the Blue Jays have shifted as much as they've shifted, it's not just because of the defensive, quote unquote, liabilities of their players. It's because their pitchers have the ball put in play an awful lot. That's yep. one of the reasons you shift. Now you're not going to be able to shift. So all of a sudden, does Tim Mays' stuff play? Does Anthony Bass's stuff? This is an issue. I, the, the emphasis has to be on more swing and miss stuff. And the Jays have got a lot of heavy they got a lot of heavy lifting to do. No question. They really do. You cannot yeah. bring that bullpen back next year. I'm with you. You cannot <clears throat> bring that bullpen back next year. And I don't know how you go about essentially finding five four or five high quality, high leverage arms. I I, I don't think you can do it in <clears throat> one off season. Now, Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson in the Dominican Winter League. 10 Ks, eight games. He's a short sample size. He's pitching out of the bullpen. <clears throat> Nate Pearson, to me, emerges here. Because I don't think you can trade. I don't think you can get anything for him in a trade. So let's Probably leave that not. aside. Hmm. You need a guy like that to come through. You need a couple of – because, again, you're not going to be able to go out and trade and sign – five guys and bring them in and they're all going to throw 100 and Bob's your uncle. You need a guy like you need a couple of guys coming out of your system and I and I think you do have to go out and add one stud arm for sure. Like one Liam Hendricks type of arm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one thing for for Nate Pearson to be doing that in June. It's another thing to be doing it in late October. Nothing would tell you that what you've seen from Nate Pearson would say that he could do that. So that you no, can't even count you, on that going into the season. No, but I'm saying, no, you're not counting, but you need that to happen. You need you need somebody like that to emerge. 
You you really do. Because you're not going to go out and trade for a bunch of guys with established reputations. And, oh, and by the way... Uh, you need a Christian Ed, Javier is what you're saying. Yeah, by the way, Edwin Diaz just signed a five-year, $102 million contract with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Lights-out closers or lights-out relievers aren't going to come cheap this year. And I don't even know how many there are in the free agent market. I I, I, I have no idea. But, yeah, you got to... You gotta, you gotta have some arms coming out of your minor league system, and keep Jordan Romano, but you gotta somehow come up with another hard thrower for the bullpen, another high velocity, high leverage guy for the bullpen, and don't not a Craig Kimbrell. I'm not talking about an experiment. I don't want that anymore. I want somebody that's going to come in and be able to do the job. No, right away. no, Pete Walkers will fix him. They're they're no. past that. Yeah, no, I, I I'm not interested on that in that at all. I want somebody who's going to come in and be able to do the job. Now I'm not interested uh, necessarily in um, in uh, in make work projects. I, I'm just not. Uh, so it's uh, going to be an interesting off season for the Jays. That actually, I mean, the off season's actually already started. They're the the uh, Rockies and the Braves already made a trade. What a shock that Alex Anthopoulos would <laughs> make a trade uh, the night it's after. Bad because he series. lost. Damn right he is. We mentioned <laughs> that Edwin Diaz five years, one hundred and two million. There's a bunch of guys we have to wait for their opt outs and all that. Tomorrow the general managers meetings start uh, from uh, November eighth to November tenth, and that is. Uh, Generally, a time where a lot of the groundwork gets laid for deals. Uh, most famously, I guess, if you're the, a Toronto Blue Jays fan, you're looking back back at that whole uh, deal, multiplayer deal with the Marlins that Alex Anthopoulos pulled off. So there's a ton of stuff to get into in the offseason. We're going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow will be our final show. We move to a weekly podcast after that. Tomorrow will be our final show on Sportsnet 590 Defense. So we'll deal with the Jays offseason and look ahead. Uh, to Major League Baseball's offseason as well. Some of the potential free agent signings, some of the potential opt-outs. There's some big names. Once again, Kevin, uh, shortstops galore. That's probably the probably the title of this. Uh, well, no, the big story this offseason is Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani followed by shortstops galore. There's a lot of There's a lot of game changers out there for a lot of teams. We'll deal with that tomorrow. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about Dusty Baker and the Houston Astros. 590-590 is the text line. The Astros are the 2022 World Series champions. Does that change how you think about the organization? Are they a dynasty? Can you be a dynasty if people don't want to think of you as a dynasty? We'll get to that next. It's Blair and Barker on Sports and F590, the fan, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five ninety is our text line. We are asking the question the Astros World Series win make them a dynasty does it change your opinion of the Astros I get back to this if a whole bunch of people don't want to call you a dynasty for whatever reason does that really make you a dynasty 
No one argued that the New York Yankees were a dynasty. Oh, yeah, people pissed and moaned because the Yankees spent more money than anybody else. But nobody ever sat there and said, that's not a dynasty. Hmm. 595 is the text line. SN Jeff Blair is my Twitter handle. Tomorrow we will take a look ahead to the Blue Jays offseason plans. But um, before we get into I want to deal a little more with Dusty about Dusty Baker. But, Kevin, we had a little conversation off air, and I want you to – I want you to mention this. I want you to talk about it and tell the folks on the folks listening what you said because I really like this. <clears throat> One of the things we neglected to mention about the Astros and their bullpen is they didn't necessarily play the lefty-righty game. Like Dusty didn't play the lefty-righty game for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is he didn't have a lot of lefty options who were any good. But you made a point about that. Yeah, the Jose Alvarados who throw 101 miles an hour don't grow on trees, so if you don't have that to go to, if you have righties who can throw fast, elevated fastballs for strikes to left-handed hitters, you'd rather have that than you would to come in and have just a specialist who, who can add and subtract on whatever he's throwing to try and get a lefty out. Because, again, most lefties don't throw 101. So if you don't have that, the Astros have told you, even against Bryce Harper, I mentioned his last two games, he saw mm-hmm. 32 pitches. He saw five breaking balls. Like, there was no guess after after the, the breaking ball for a home run that he hit, what they were trying to do, uh-oh, we need to do something different. And then all of a sudden they started elevating heaters to him, elevating heaters. They'd rather walk him than to give up a homer. And that's what's hard for a lefty because of the natural uppercut and because a lot of the times they want to catch things out front with barrel below the hands. That's very hard to do on something elevated with some velocity to it. So if you're a right-handed pitcher, where do you go to? I'm going to continue to go there till they make an adjustment. And if you're the Blue Jays, and you're watching that, and you're thinking, well, why would I have a Tim Mesa if I don't have to have a Tim Mesa? I love Tim Mesa. He's a great dude. But to win a World Series with him coming in facing Jordan Alvarez, really, when I'd rather have a right-hander who can throw closer to 98, 97 with a little bit of movement and can throw it for strikes that's above the belt. So there's a lot of things you learn from the Astros because they are the bar now. They've set it high. But if you're a team trying to get where they're at, and you can look at little things. There's a little thing that you can notice that you don't need a lefty to get left-handed hitters out. If you got a bunch of righties who can throw elevated four-seamers for strikes. Dusty Baker has finally won his World Series ring as a manager after 2,093 regular season wins. Gene Mock. 1,902 regular season wins with no World Series ring. He now holds the record. The active record, and we cannot say this enough, is held by Buck Showalter, 1,652. No, not we. Wins. You. I mean, it's almost like it's editorial policy on this show. For I'm you. Sure Buck would. Well, like I said, if Buck knew this was going to happen, he never would have invented the game. Right? Let's be honest. It's a great if, if point. If knew he would be here this morning, he never would have invented the game of baseball. That's a borrowed line. Anyhow, uh, this was Dusty Baker after the game, and I love the back and forth between him and the reporter here. And then the reason, because, look, Barker played for Baker. Barker loves Dusty. I've talked to Dusty a bunch of times. He's one of my favorite people. There's nobody around the game who was upset that Dusty Baker got his World Series ring as a manager. But Dusty did have a reputation. He was the guy. Remember that 
I, I mean, he's talked about how game six has been his bugaboo, right? The Steve Bartman game when he was with the Cubs. Um, when he managed the Giants against the Angels, taking, I think it was Russ Ortiz he took out mm-hmm. of the game, and then he called Russ Ortiz back to the mound and gave him the baseball as in, hey, here's your souvenir of the World Series we're going to win. And there was a bunch of stuff going on. There was a, a real weight to Dusty Baker's, um, not his reputation, but Dusty Baker's track record, a real weight from not having managed a World Series winner. He has now got that ring. This was Dusty Baker after the game when asked about that. Congratulations, Dusty. Uh, but before all this, you had achieved so much. Uh, you were viewed as a great manager before this. This didn't happen. By some people. I think by most people. Some yeah. people. Okay. I'll say most. We'll disagree on that. Okay. But this obviously is something that you want. You you want to end up on top, and you have finally done it. What's going through your heart and mind right now? If you can take a slight step back. I know it's not been that well, long, but... I'm I'm just grateful, really, for, you know, the uh, trials and tribulations that you go through in order to get to this, you know? And uh, just grateful for my... You know, mom and dad for being, you know, tough on me, you know, and uh, and also grateful for, for you know, for some of the enemies that helped motivate me to get to this point. You know what I mean? And uh, and you know, with no malice or or, or anything, uh, because that doesn't do any good. You know, so you just gotta just gotta do your thing. Whether and I've you asked me earlier. You know what? <clears throat> what's kind of, you know, on my mind, and, and and I've come to the point where, you know, I really don't care if you agree or with me and or not in what I do and how I do it. It's just the fact that over the years we've done it pretty good. So there ain't no sense in me trying to satisfy you. I'm just trying to satisfy those those guys in in the room in there and trying to satisfy. My boss and get a raise. <laughs> that was Dusty Aren't Baker. We all? Uh, Dusty Baker, who uh, needs a contract for next year. He's great. Um, that was, and that was. Uh, it's yeah. Listen, you could tell it. It's. I, it's a strange game because it you do it on a day to day basis. You spend so much time with people. Uh, it's one of the few sports where you're competing every day. I mean, it's one thing to show up and spend four hours a day with the dude or with the teammate or with the coach in practice, and then you go home. It's another thing to show up every day, right, Kevin, and know, hey, I, I got a game today. I got to have this mm-hmm. guy's back. He's got to have my back. It's just it's a completely different environment. So, yeah, I, I, a lot of people I, – I will say this. I think, and I said this at the time, and I, I didn't know that they were going to win a World Series, but when Jim Crane hired Dusty Baker to manage the Astros, when he gave the approval, I said it was the best hiring in the world because nobody can hate Dusty. You might hate the Astros, but for that 25 minutes a day where you're talking to Dusty Baker, he's a shield, man. He, 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 he is a, a shield. I think this was a genius hiring. And I'm really glad that Dusty that that Dusty got his ring, but um, 
Yeah, look, I'm sure you had some thoughts. You played for the man. I, I yeah, know yeah, you I, had some thoughts. I, 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 just, I just love that he's listened enough to, to hear all the criticisms. And, and, you know, I'm sure if he listened to our show, which I'm not, I'm not, I know he doesn't, he's heard some criticism, even from the people that love him. I love him. I, th- I think he's a great man. He, he treats every one of his players like they are Barry Bonds as a player, which is impossible for – Jeff, you've been around tons of managers. That's impossible yeah. to do. Like, you've got to yeah. be in tune with yourself and really not care about your career when it comes to life longevity things right it's more about the person and and about just you know we're in this together a lot of managers just say it to for you know people to hear it that's not him like again he treated me like i was barry bonds i wasn't i knew that going into that thing but for him to actually say you'll be back because i love what you do and what you bring to this theme meant a lot for me coming from that dude and i actually believed it i'd heard it before and never believed it looked at him like i just see your lips moving and i know you're lying but whenever he said it to me i knew and i felt like it was real and i think that's the difference and i'm with you i i would think there's a, a you know a few people that are Phillies fans, some of the players that aren't very happy that Dusty won and, and can walk away with the World Series, but then there's everybody else. I just don't know how you don't love that. Forget about how he, the decisions he makes, because a lot of them will make you scratch your head a little of uh, what you're doing, because you've been around long enough to know better. But he just had sort of a no-brainer team this year that, you know, you mentioned this at the start of the, the, start of the World Series. Even Dusty can't screw this up. That was no bad thing against Dusty. It was just the truth, and it played I, out right in front of us. You know what? I, we had Jeff Blum on a little earlier. Uh, actually, it was October 31st. I made a note of this. Um, he is the Astros analyst. He gave us a line about Dusty Baker. And he was talking about his lineup in particular because we were talking about moving the lineup around. He said, mm-hmm. the thing you need to remember about Dusty Baker is he is an eternal optimist. Yep. That, I thought, and when Jeff said that, I kind of I tweaked onto that because that's a guy that spent a lot of time around a lot of different managers. Felipe, Ozzie Guillen. Like, Jeff's played for a lot of dudes. Yep. And I, I think that sums up Dusty Baker. He's the eternal optimist. And you know what? Sometimes it's hard to manage a baseball team when you're an eternal optimist. you got to find that balance of pessimism and optimism. Because if you're an optimist, you're always going to say, man, this dude's just Justin Verlander. He's just one more pitch away from getting me out of here, right? Mm-hmm. you got to have that balance of going, yeah, I'm not certain. Uh, even though the dude in the mound's won multiple Cy Young awards, is probably going to win it again and has been a stud for me and is really good. I got a bad feeling here, and now I'm looking at my numbers. The other thing I got to say this about Dusty, and this is something people who covered him noticed. He scores games. Yeah, yeah. Like, he scores games the way fans do. You'll see him. He'll have that little, you know, even when he moves he, down to the other end of the He scored the pop dugout. out. He scored the pop he out. He did, before. Yes. He did. He scored he it, did. and then everybody jumped on top of it. <laughs> even awesome. before, you know, because he moves down to the other end of the dugout to change a mojo every now and then. But yeah. Dusty scores just like you do, P7. Or he makes, you know, if it's a double, he'll double the center field. He scores every game. And that was so funny. When that pop-up went yeah, up, yeah. He you could see down. him with his black gloves. <laughs> and you could tell him going P7F, right? Uh. You knew, or P9F. You knew he was going to do it. Uh, so anyhow, congratulations to Dusty Baker. Congratulations awesome. to the Astros. Now, if you're the Blue Jays, let's go out and trade for Shohei Otani. Uh, we'll talk oh. about that tomorrow. I just threw that out there. Cost you Boba shit. I opened the tax slide, 590, 590. 
uh, and asked folks about the Astros. Do we consider them a dynasty? Chris in Peterborough. Houston is not a dynasty. Dynasties are about championships. The Canadians of the 70s, that was a dynasty. The Yankees were a dynasty. Two championships of the, is a start. Would you call the Braves of the 90s a dynasty? That is a great point. That is a great point, Chris. That, to me, is the is kind of the the comparable. The only thing I would say about that is the Braves of the 90s played in a diff- with a different playoff format than these guys do. Mm-hmm. Right? I wouldn't say it was an easier road to the postseason, but in some ways it kind of was. The regular season was hard, but it was an easy road to the postseason. That's where the flaw in, in, in comes Depen- in, I think, de- in terms of comparing it. Depends they, on what your definition is. Put it this way. Houston has to win more series to get to the World Series than the Braves did. What's your definition of a dynasty? Is it going to the ALCS every single year? What are they, six years in a row, going to the World Series four of the six? Is it winning two? Is it more championships? All depends on what your definition is. Yeah. That's the question. I've always, I've always kind of thought, I've always kind of thought you gotta win to be a dynasty. I, I, different sport completely, but I hold the Buffalo Bills out there as an example. For or my Minnesota Vikings, same thing. Four trips to the Super Bowl, didn't win. Dynasty. Mm-hmm. The difference is the Astros won. The Astros have won a couple of those. Eddie and Ford Erie, always good to hear from you, Eddie. Two things. Yes, this World Series win for the Astros does eliminate the cheating scandal. You can go to the ALCS or World Series all you want until you win the title. You will be haunted by all of it. Haunted no more after game six and second. He's very happy to see Dusty Baker, manager, World Series champion. And it's because of the trust he put in the Astros players since he took over and they repaid him for all of it. And that is, that's, that, that's a large part of it. You can tell that, uh, you can tell from a distance that that's an organization I, that is that is everybody's back. Why are you making me choose? That, that that's the thing is why can't they be che- cheaters who won a World Series after they cheated? Well, bingo. This is from uh, unfortunately no name. Please leave your name and location, but we'll get away with it here because no name says, "Hey guys, the World Series win doesn't change the view of the 2017 team." In my view. My view of a sports team changes every year. year. So this year's team are winners, and the 17 team are cheaters. So that's a way around the whole, is it? Is it I'm in that camp. I'm, I'm in that camp. Don't make me choose, but the Astros of this year are a really good team, and it sounds like they earned it, which you would certainly think with Dusty, Dusty Baker leading the charge that there's no chance they're going to do anything other than that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I look, I look at the 2017 team. You earned cheating. This year you earned a World Series, so I'm going to look at look at it that way. Don't make me choose, Jeff. I don't want to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 with you on that. It's, uh, but we do. I mean, we like dynasties. Everybody, and and the one thing about a dynasty, right? A dynasty is always good when people hate it. Like one of the reasons the Yankees were so good is because everybody hated. Everybody spending hated more money than everybody else. Spending more money than anybody yeah. else. Yeah, and and that's. I mean, I guess that's part of it, but... Uh, and on top of it, I'm, you won doing it, which everybody hates that, too. But at the same time, I think most people, even once they got beyond that anger, looked at the Yankees and said, yeah, I mean, the Yankees are the closest thing we're going to see 
uh, as a dynasty. Greg and Mark, yeah. I'm happy for Dusty and for Trey Mancini, but the Astros are still tainted in my eye. I still don't feel like they are clean from that as of yet, cleared from that as of yet, pardon me, and yet they still rub me the wrong way, especially Altuve. I, that's another, another thing here, right? Altuve, <clears throat> Bregman, Gurriel. They're still here. They were still part of it. Yeah, you also look at dynasty teams as who are you rooting for? Other than the Jeremy Pena, because he seems like a great kid and he's so athletic and, you know, he's a freak when it comes to just things he can do between the lines, and he's a nice guy. Is there anybody else that you just want to yeah. go hook your – hit your wagon? Other than Dusty, hit your wagon too and go, man, I can't wait to root for him. Altuve, no. Like Alvarez, not really. Bregman, everybody hates that dude for some reason. And Tucker, I mean, Tucker's a quiet dude who goes out and can be a 30-30 guy. So it's not really a dude that you can hook, hit your wagon to, for me anyway, until Pena. I think he's the one guy for me that I can actually tune into the Astros and go, hey, I like that dude. I hope he does that's, well. That's a great point. Somebody has to emerge as the face of this franchise other than Altuve, other than Bregman. Or Dusty Baker. And, or Dusty Baker. Yeah. Somebody on the field, I mean, has to emerge. And that yeah. it, you've got now Jeremy Pena as the guy this team may be built around, should be built around, and he's got nothing to do with the cheating scandal. So yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Uh, Dan in Toronto says the Astros have two World Series, one of them under dubious circumstances and a long run of success. However, I think they need one more to be considered a true dynasty. A lot of people look at it that Could way. Could say well. that. Yeah. That is it for us. We've put a bow on the World Series. We will be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan, we will look ahead to a hectic offseason. It will be our final show tomorrow. Send us your Blue Jays shopping list. 590-590 is a text line. You can DM me. DMs are always open at SN Jeff Blair. Give me your Blue Jays shopping list for next, for the offseason. We'll go through it tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you're listening via podcast... Please rate and review. Have yourself a great day.